0: Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we are doing Breaches of the Week, as always. And this week in data breaches was absolutely off the rails. It's probably going to be one of my longer segments because everybody got hit this week. But before we dive in, I want to thank the following people that sent me a lot of this information, and that would be Jay Dance, David Little, Krish Patel, Jacqueline Wolf, Stephen Winters, and Giacomo Charetta. Thank you very much, and please keep sending those tips my way. It always helps. And with that, let's start with Okta and basically give you an update on their ongoing uh, disclosures for their September data breach, because apparently the breach at the Identity Access Management platform was more extensive than first thought. Now, in a blog post this past Wednesday by their chief security officer, David Bradbury, he mentioned that attackers had stolen information on users of basically their customer support system but it was all of them, not just the less than 1% that they had initially thought. Okta's initial investigation overlooked actions by the attackers that signal that all of the company's certified users were impacted by this. And so obviously that's not a good look for, for Okta whatsoever. So if you are an organization that is an Okta subscriber and you've engaged them in customer support, heads up to you. Moving on, I want to give you an update on MoveIt because MoveIt is there every week and it keeps on going. And this week's MoveIt data breach disclosures are WellTalk. Now, apparently WellTalk has declared that roughly 8.5 million individuals were impacted as a result of their MoveIt data breach. And interestingly enough, we are now seeing Welltalk customers having to declare. And so the ones that declared, because Welltalk declared this week, were Corewell Health in Michigan for roughly 1 million individuals and Premier Health in Ohio. So obviously that's not a good look for Welltalk or move it. On top of it, and outside of Welltalk, texas wesleyan university also declared as a result to move it as well and with that let's move on to the line messaging app very popular in japan more than four hundred forty thousand items of personal data including some leaked uh, linked to the line messaging app may have been leaked in a security breach uh, basically and that's according to japanese tech giant ly corp which operates the social platform talking to uh, basically everybody this past monday now as of that monday About a week ago, there have been, quote, no reports of any secondary damage caused, including the misuse of information of users and business partners, and they also noted that they took necessary actions, such as blocking external access to their infrastructure. Now, the data suspected to have been breached (coughs) contains more than 300,000 records of user information, including service use history connected to internal identifiers of line users, but... The company also said that the information does not include bank account or credit card information or chat messages as well. The company did not specify where the suspected breach occurred, but it has issued notice in Japanese, English, Melai, uh Thai, and traditional Chinese, which is uh, basically used in Taiwan and Hong Kong. The line cannot be used in mainland China, FYI. So heads up to you if you use line for all of your messaging needs moving on let's talk about a company called zeroed in now they're a workforce analytics services provider and they are notifying roughly two million individuals that their personal information was compromised in an august 2023 data breach now in a filing with maine's attorney general (coughs) the company revealed that the incident was identified on october 8th and that the threat actor had unauthorized access to certain systems between August 7 and August 8. So it looks like they caught it within 24 hours or so. After conducting a review of the files on the compromised systems, Zeroed In discovered that the access data pertained to certain customers, including U.S. variety store chains, Dollar Tree, and Family Dollar. So if you have a Dollar Tree or Family Dollar in your neighborhood, heads up to you. Now, Zeroed In is saying... They've notified Dollar Tree of the incident after determining that some of the compromised information pertain to, quote, certain individuals associated with them, end quote. The attackers, uh, the company says, accessed uh, store files, uh, stolen files, uh, accessed or stole files, excuse me, containing names, dates of birth, and social security numbers. So it seems like it's probably going to be employees of Family Dollar and Dollar Tree, as well as anybody else that they work with. So heads up to you if you're employed by any one of those. Moving on, let's head on over to Seattle. And talk about ProLiance surgeons, because they just notified an undisclosed number of patients whose information was potentially exposed in a February 11 data breach of this year. Now, in a letter dated November 20th, the medical group said that, quote unquote, certain systems within their network had been affected. Now, the incident resulted in the, quote, potential unauthorized access and or acquisition of certain files from the network. Now, in a notice on the group's website, it also stated the information involved includes individual names, one or more of the following, date of birth, social security number, medical treatment information, health insurance information, phone number, email address, financial account number, driver's license, or other identification information, and usernames and passwords. So that's awesome. So heads up to you, patients of ProLiance surgeons in the Seattle area. Moving on. Let's talk about DNA testing giant 23andMe. Notes from a December 1 uh, article for the record on this because this is brand new. 23andMe says that it's notifying users about a data breach, but we don't have all the details yet. Now, in a uh, Friday filing with the SEC, that provided an update on its investigation of a recent security incident. And basically, they're not for the record, calling it a data breach, and we don't know why, but 23andMe says that a threat actor was able to access 0.1% of the company's accounts through credential stuffing. I actually talked about that, I want to say, about a month ago here on Breaches of the Week, but now they are obviously reporting to the SEC per law, and we're getting more information, but we just don't know how bad it is yet. Now, according to TechCrunch's estimates, that 0.1% would be roughly 14,000 individuals caught up, assuming that that is uh, basically an accurate percentage, and we're going to find out. However, those accounts, though, and this is interesting, if it was only 14,000 accounts, were used to access a, quote, significant number of files containing profile information about other users' ancestry that users share when they're opting into DNA relatives. So if you've got, like, a cousin on there and you're linked to them, now my account can see their account, and that's what they're talking about. So, what is significant in terms of these numbers? Twenty-three and Me isn't saying, and so I obviously keep you up to date on that. But if you use Twenty-three and Me, well, one, you've already given your DNA <laughs> to a private corporation that is now owned—at um, least three hundred million dollars of it—is owned by GlaxoSmithKline. But heads up to you: your data may be out there in some way, shape, or form. We're going to see how bad it is. Next up is our mini segment, simply entitled, If You Just Spent More on Cybersecurity, You Wouldn't Be Getting Sued, and I Probably Wouldn't Be Talking About You Right Now. And the first one up is the University of Iowa's health system. A former employee of the University of Iowa's community home care has paired up with a former patient to sue the entity on behalf of themselves and 67,000 or more uh, basically over a data breach they had this past March. And they argue that could have been prevented and it was reported too late and justly enriched the university while causing years of risk. Now, Becky kafring an Iowa City woman who worked for UI Community Home Care from 2013 to 2019, and Kimberly Sullivan, a Shellsburg mother whose child received uh, University of Iowa Home Care Services this fall, sued basically them. Uh, and so here we are now in the lawsuit, which seeks class action certification, uh, the women accused the entities of making, quote, calculated decisions to avoid its data security obligations at the expense of plaintiffs and class members by utilizing cheaper and effective security measures, end quote. Obviously, not a good look. And for the record. Every organization can be running enterprise uh, threat detection systems and all of that. They usually scale down to smaller organizations, not that, that this is a small organization. So just please spend a little bit of money on your cybersecurity and your defensive strategies, and then you won't be getting sued. Moving on. Let's head up to the Great White North and talk about a group of southwestern Ontario, Canada hospitals because they're facing a potential $480 million Canadian class action lawsuit after 270,000 patients in the region had their data breached and reportedly uh, basically sold by attackers on the dark web. Now, the breach was first detected on October 23rd, and it targeted, and I talked about this back then, Blue Water Health, Chatham uh, Chatham. Kent Health Alliance, Erie Shores Healthcare, uh, Hotel Dieu, Grace Healthcare, Windsor Regional Hospital, and Transform Shared Service Organization, which operates the IT systems for the hospitals. Now, the lawsuit was launched by a patient of Blue Water Health, but is being filed on behalf of all Ontario residents who were or are patients of any of those five hospitals. So if you have done anything with those hospitals and you're in Ontario, go get paid. Moving on. Let's talk about Mission Community Hospital. And for the record, we are done with that mini-segment. I should have mentioned that those were the companies or organizations that were getting sued. And again, if you just spend more, you wouldn't be in this mess. Moving on now, officially, let's talk about Mission Community Hospital. Because on November 21, they declared, basically, uh, with the Attorney General of California, after discovering that an unauthorized party accessed portions of their network, and the sensitive information that we're talking about here are names, address, date of birth, social security, driver's license, financial account information, medical record numbers, health insurance information, and diagnosis information. And basically, they have sent letters out uh, to affected individuals as well. So heads up Mission Community Hospital, also known as Dean Co. Healthcare, LLC, you might be entitled to compensation sooner than later. Moving on, let's talk about the Delaware Life Insurance Company. On November 21, they filed with Montana after experiencing a ransomware attack. They explained the incident resulted in the access of sensitive information, including names, address, dates of birth, and social security numbers. They've sent out notices as well. Next up is Berglund Management Group. Uh, Basically, on November 22nd, they filed with Maine after discovering an unauthorized individual or individuals accessing their network. And what we are talking about here are names and social security numbers. They've sent out notices, ideally to the 51,514 people that were affected. (coughs) Moving on. And this is an unfortunate one. We've got to talk about the big brothers and big sisters of America. It's a great charity, fantastic organization. On November 21st, unfortunately, they had to declare a thing uh, to Maine after discovering that a recent network security incident impacted their infrastructure as well. So we're talking names, social security numbers, dates of birth driver's license numbers, state ID numbers, payment card numbers, uh, account types and numbers, bank names, routing numbers, email addresses and passwords, medical information and health insurance information as well. They've started sending out letters as well. Over 25,000 people were affected. And this is one of the things I really hate is because when you've got a really good charity that does important work, you know, by helping to, you know, support and foster young people by giving them positive role models, I think that's such an important mission there are going to be people that read about this get turned off and then not donate or not volunteer for fear, you know, of these data breaches and that's the unfortunate thing about it. So please if you're a big brother, big sister or contribute to that great and charitable cause, I highly recommend you keep doing it. So there you go. Moving on, let's talk about the National Disability Insurance Agency or NDIA and this is out of Australia. That's right, we're heading down under. Now a staffer Uh, charged in connection with the data breach is alleged to have shared around 11,000 records with at least one service provider associated with this scheme. Government Services Minister Bill Shorten qualified the size of the data breach during a doorstep interview in Canberra. Quote, it appears the charge is that this person is alleged to have provided about 11,000 records, not all participants, to providers. That's according to Minister Shorten. Now, Minister Shorten also would not confirm the actual number of participants who had their data leaked, and there you go. He also would not clarify the participant-to-record ratio either. He would only say that a number of participants were caught up is a, quote, smaller number than 11,000 records, end quote. The NDIA spokesperson declined to clarify that when interviewed by Australian News. So, obviously a huge thing. Heads up to you down under. Moving on. Let's head on over to New Zealand and talk about the T or Te Watu Ora vaccine. I do not know what this vaccine is, if it's COVID or something else, or maybe that's a local disease. It sounds like a native uh, word, like a Maori word. Now, police have arrested a man. Accused of leaking large amounts of Te Watuora vaccination data online. That's never fun. The 56 year old man has been charged with accessing a computer system for dishonest purposes. He will appear in Wellington District Court on Monday. Now, in a statement this past Thursday, um, Chief Executive Margie Appa said that the individual downloaded a large amount of vaccine-related information and published it on an overseas website. The person had no clinical background or expert uh, vaccine knowledge and appeared to be trying to spread misinformation. The data appeared to have been anonymized, she said, and so far no personal information was believed to have been compromised. So if you are in New Zealand, and interestingly enough, I do have an affiliate down there and you're listening to this, I'd be very curious to hear from you on the uh, Te Watu Aura vaccine and hopefully everybody's okay and ideally vaccinated. (laughs) Moving on, let's talk about Forward Bank coming back to the United States because on November 17, they filed with Maine after discovering an unauthorized party in their network. And what we are talking about here is uh, essentially sensitive information that was not disclosed for 46,019 people. So heads up to you, if you use Forward Bank for your banking needs, you might be caught up in this. I can't tell you what, what they got. Moving on, let's talk about McCord LLC. On November 14, they filed um, essentially with Vermont. Uh, they also go by Securities America, Inc., or SAI, and that's essentially, um, they explained that an incident resulted in an unauthorized party being able to access sensitive consumer information, including names, social security numbers, address, dates of birth, driver's license numbers, and financial account information as well. They've sent out letters, so heads up if you have anything to do with McCord, SSC, McCord LLC, or Securities America, Inc., and that's obviously not good. Moving on, let's talk about ClearSpring Life and Annuity. On November 21, they filed with California after discovering a February 2023 ransomware attack. Now, in this notice, ClearSpring explained that the incident resulted in unauthorized access to names, addresses, dates of birth, social security numbers, and contract or policy numbers as well. They've sent out letters also. Moving on, the, psych- the Psychiatry Associates of Kansas on November 17, they filed with Health and Human Services, that's HHS for all you HIPAA, fee- uh, HIPAA people out there, after discovering that an unauthorized party was able to access information that had been entrusted to them. Now, in this notice, they said consumers' information, sensitive information was was essentially accessed or possibly taken, but they did not list what that what that is. So I can't tell you that, but if you have anything to do with the Psychiatry Associates of Kansas, this heads up to you. Your health information may be out there. I hope, I really hope it's not. <laughs> Moving on, let's head on down to Texas and talk about Robson Healthcare or Robson Healthcare. A data breach at that corporation is affecting more than 300 Texans. Now, Robson Healthcare Corporation in Pembroke. Has reported a data breach that includes names, social security, medical information, dates of birth, and health insurance information. Uh, uh, basically, exactly 324 Texans were affected. Per their law, more than 250 Texans, if you have that, have to declare to the state. Now, the breach information was added to the Texas Attorney General's website this past Tuesday, and there you go. They were aware of this in February, and we're learning about it now. Never a good thing. <laughs> Moving on, let's head on over to the East Coast and talk about Fordham University because on November. 9th, thousands of Fordham emails were affected by a data breach resulting in email passwords, names, phone numbers, and gender identities of current and past students being compromised as well as faculty for the record. Now, the IT Office for Information Security and Assurance stated that the Office of Information Technology, quote, discovered that a vendor hosted and managed application used by the university was compromised. A total of 4,800 accounts were exposed. So heads up to you if you have anything to do with Fordham. Moving on, let's talk about K&K Glass. They also go by Auto Glass Now. On November 21, they filed with Montana after discovering an unauthorized party, was able to access uh, basically their network as well. And what we are talking about here are names, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, passport numbers, addresses, telephone numbers, and dates of birth. They're sending out notices as well. So if you use Auto Glass Now or k Glass to repair your windshields, heads up to you. <clears throat> Moving on, CKF Addiction Treatment on November 17. They filed with Health and Human Services as well. And basically, they noted that somebody was able to access their information. I do not know what that information is, but they are sending out letters. So if you use uh, CKF for your addiction treatment, heads up to you. Never a good thing when medical is hit. Moving on, Culbertson Memorial Hospital, because this is like all hospitals all week. On November 21, they filed with Massachusetts after discovering that there was an unauthorized access on their infrastructure as well. What we're talking about here is access to names, dates of birth, social security numbers, medical diagnosis, treatment information, and health insurance information as well. They are sending out notices as well. So heads up to you, Culbertson uh, Health. Uh, patients moving on morrison community hospital because again this is a crazy week on november 22nd notice of data breach to montana and in this notice we are talking about sensitive information being accessed by third party that may include names address social security date of birth medical record numbers health insurance policy numbers and information about their medical history mental or physical condition or medical diagnosis or treatment mch or morrison community hospital is also sending notices to those affected moving on International Paper Company Group Health because this is just a run on health on November 14th they filed with health and human services and they basically explained that the incident resulted in having a sensitive uh, information access did not give a listing and they are going to be sending out letters so heads up to you International Paper Company Group Health <coughs> moving on Tri Counties Bank on November 22nd they filed with Maine after discovering malware in their infrastructure and the access to sensitive information may include names, social security, driver's license, state IDs, financial account information, medical information, health insurance information, dates of birth, and more. They are sending out notices to the 74,385. So heads up to you, tri County's Bank, if you're one of those. Moving on, Alps, Alpine, North America. On November 28th, they filed with Texas. After discovering that, basically, they had been the victim of a July 2023 ransomware attack. And what we are talking about is access to sensitive information for their employees, such as names, social security numbers, addresses, driver's license numbers, and more. Not to mention uh, other uh, government IDs. They've sent out letters to those affected, and that's their employees, Alps Alpine, North America. Moving on, let's talk about debt collector or debit provider. London and Zurich. Now, a ransomware attack and resulting outages at the direct debit collection company London and Zurich has forced at least one customer to take out a short-term loan as six-figure backlogs continue to cause Cash flow mayhem. In other words, people are not getting the money from their provider now. Now, London and Zurich's outage began on November 10 and was confirmed as a ransomware attack four days later. The Register, the publication I'm taking this from, basically was the first to report on this, and it was tipped off by sources because, again, this was total chaos. Now, since then, they were told that customers have been unable to process the vast majority of their direct debit payments with one managed service provider accruing a backlog of more than 124000 that they need to get out. So if you use London and Zurich, this is a huge issue. And this is also why you need cybersecurity. How many customers are they going to lose as a result of that? And that's something that should be in the back of all of your minds, especially if you're a business owner or in leadership. Moving on, let's head on over to Jolly Old England and talk about King Edward Seventh. Hospital. Now, the GCHQ is investigating a cyber attack on this private hospital in London that is actually favored and used by the royal family. Now, the agency's National Cybersecurity Center is probing King Edward VII's hospitals, um, what they described as an IT security incident, during which a third party obtained confidential uh, medical information, such as doctor's letters and pathology reports relating to some patients. The hospital's website was also affected by this. Now, for the record, the hospital is known as being the first port of call for senior members of the royal family over many years, with the late Queen Elizabeth II, who acted as its patron, and Prince Philip uh, having been admitted to the Central London uh, Medical Center several times. Obviously, Philip is now the king, but obviously this is a huge issue in terms of royal privacy. And so I know the, the Brits love their royals. Here we go. We might be getting some really interesting insight if that leaks and if that's what they got. So heads up to you if you use King Edwards VII Hospital for all your hospital needs, not just the Royals. Moving on, Vanderbilt University Medical Center. Now, a gang called Meow Leaks has added Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Tennessee to their leak site and has dumped what they claim is 100% of the data that they exfiltrated. Quote, the hack was a 021123. The company will be hacked again, end quote. And they announced that on November 18. Now, the leak was posted in two parts, each described as SQL or SQL, which is a database type, but Basically, by the time that uh, uh, publications attempted to download the data, it had been deleted from the file sharing site for violations of terms and services. So we'll see what's going on there. But heads up to you, if you have anything to do with Vanderbilt University Medical Center, they're going through some stuff right now. Moving on. Let's head on over to India and Sri Lanka for an app called Apps Cook. They develop applications used by more than 600 schools across those two countries for education management. And during a recent investigation, the Cyber News research team discovered that Apps Cook leaked a staggering amount of sensitive data, including photos of minors home addresses, and birth certificates due to a misconfiguration of their systems. The Digital Ocean, that's their provider, their their platform provider, like an Amazon, their storage bucket containing almost a million sensitive files was left open to anybody without requiring any kind of authentication. Leaking private data on the internet in this case poses a grave risk because we're talking about minors across India and Sri Lanka. And we are talking about students' names, names uh, names of parents, pictures of students that are attending... Pre-primary, primary, primary, and secondary schools, so from very young to teens. uh, Names of schools, children, uh, the schools that children are attending, birth certificate copies, uh, fee receipts, student report cards and exam results, home addresses, and phone numbers as well. Obviously, not a good thing. Hopefully, they've got that locked down, but if you're listening to me in India or Sri Lanka and your school uses Apps Cook, you might want to check in. Moving on. Let's head on over to Japan and talk about the Japanese Space Agency, or JAXA. Now, they got hit in a cyber attack over the summer, which may have put sensitive space-related technology and data at risk. The security breach was discovered this autumn when law enforcement authorities alerted Japan's space agency that its systems were compromised, as first reported by the Uemori Shinbun. Now, Confirming the exfiltration, Chief Cabinet Secretary of Japan Hirokazo Matsuno uh, basically revealed at a press conference that the attackers had gained access to the agency's Active Directory or AD server, and that's a crucial component overseeing JAXA's network operations. The server likely contained critical information like employee credentials significantly increasing the breach's potential impact. And there are a lot of tools and utilities out there that allow us to basically, once we're in an Active Directory server, start ripping out usernames and passwords passwords including administrative so this may be deeper than we think hopefully they're changing all their passwords locking this down but heads up if you have anything to do with JAXA the Japanese space agency moving on Let's talk about Staples, the large office supply chain here in the United States, and I think elsewhere as well. They said a cyber incident starting this past Monday disrupted their ability to process orders and deliver online orders via Staples.com. The attack also impacted communications and customer service And a statement that they posted to their website. But if it affected their website, Staples.com, why would you post it to their website I'm just saying. Now, the incident comes at one of the most important times in the retail cycle because basically they got hit around Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and those are massive shopping days here in the United States. The Staples spokesperson uh, basically cautioned that it's too early to make any definitive conclusions on the impact of data, but says that they are moving as quickly as they can to avert any future issues. So heads up to you, all you staples.com shoppers. Moving on, let's talk about ongoing operations. This is actually a company owned by a credit union technology firm known as Trellance. Now, about 60 credit unions are dealing with outages due to a ransomware attack on a widely used technology provider. National Credit Union Administration, or NCUA, spokesperson Joseph Adamoli said that the ransomware attack targeted the cloud services provider known as Ongoing Operations. Adamoli also said the NCUA, which regulates credit unions at the federal level, received incident reports indicating that several credit unions were sent a message from ongoing operations saying that their company was hit by ransomware on November 26th. This obviously is a huge thing because millions of people use credit unions here in the United States. They're a good alternative to banks. So there you go. Obviously a huge thing. And we've got a couple finalists for you today. But before we dive into that, I want to say the one thing I did not cover here in Breaches of the Week because I give it its own separate video, slash, podcast, slash radio segment, is the ongoing issues we have with the water system here in the United States. Because basically a water district in Pennsylvania and also one in Texas were compromise seemingly by two different groups and the one in pennsylvania is now linked to iranian hackers obviously not a good sign so please go feel free to like listen to that segment or watch that segment or whatever it is but that's why i didn't cover this that was also big news but water and wastewater protection is something i've been talking about years and for years and i decided to break that out and so now we'll go to the finalies And we'll start with what is essentially gonna build the Terminators for us, ChatGPT. This is actually really interesting and it's not something anybody suspected, but as we continue to probe and push the limits and figure out ways to get around ChatGPT's filters, this is what we end up with because researchers from google deepmind the university of washington uc berkeley and other universities this week revealed that they had exposed a set of vulnerabilities in chat gpt what they call what they're calling a divergence attack now this is actually really interesting and so when they simply asked chat gpt to quote repeat the word poem forever or they asked it repeat the word book forever. The AI would basically begin doing that. It would start saying it, just saying book, 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 or poem, 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 hundreds and hundreds or if not thousands of times. But here's the interesting part. It eventually would trail off into other text. And that often included long strings of verbatim words from training data text such as code, chunks of writing, and even people's personally identifiable and arguably private information like names, email addresses, and phone numbers. Quote, the actual attack is kind of silly. It's wild to us that our attack works and should have, would have, could have been found earlier. So in other words, it went off script as the as the AI, for lack of a better term, was thinking about it. It got tired repeating book or something else and its code tripped up. And so it started saying other things and that brought it off on a tangent. And now it's exposing personally identifiable information when it's told simply to repeat a word. Now, OpenAI did not immediately respond to Wired where I'm getting this information, the publication, the Wired's request for comment or um, they're on the researcher's findings. And so when the Wired people tried to basically say repeat poem forever and repeat book forever, they basically, when they tried that, they did not produce the training data, but instead it threw up flags for potential violation of ChatGPT's terms of services. Now, what that means is that some instances of this may have actually been fixed as ChatGPT and OpenAI, the owners of ChatGPT are looking into this, but obviously that's a huge thing. And so we're gonna see, and I'm continuously testing and probing it. If you recall, I've written articles for Forbes and others where I got Chat GPT to lie to me or 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 put out disinformation and all of these things. It's a very powerful tool. And finally, We have to talk about General Electric, and this is the first time that I can think of uh, in doing a Breaches of the Week segment where I actually have to censor myself because this is a new one, and uh, I'm going to have to do some research on it. But GE, the conglomerate, is what we're talking about because attackers associated uh, basically with a group named Cyber N-Word, plural, and that's as far as I'm going to say, have claimed that they have breached General Electric and access information related to confidential military projects that the company is working on. That is not good. Now, last week, uh, an individual named Intel Broker, who says they are a member of the Cyber N-Words criminal group, um, basically has claimed to have breached the multinational tech giant and attempted to sell network access to GE for $500 on a hacker forum, which seems incredibly low, especially for a company that large. Now, the alleged breach also claimed access to confidential information related to basically the U.S. government's defenses, uh, defensive R&D, or Research and Development Agency, known as DARPA. This is Advanced Research Project. So this is obviously not good. That's a very sensitive group. Now, in a post on Form, Intel broker claimed that they had initially attempted to sell alleged SSH, basically secure shell and SVN access to GE networks, meaning, hey, here's how you get into GE. But upon failing to find buyers, the threat actor then re-attempted to sell the leaked data to whoever's willing to pay for it. Samples of the data put up for sale on the Hacker Form included SQL database files, military documents, aviation system technical descriptions and guides, and maintenance reports. Now, GE engages, for the record, in the creation and production of aerospace technology, specifically aircraft engines. The company also collaborates with DARPA, working together on diverse projects related to advanced materials research, energy and electronics utilized in defensive applications, and more. So, obviously, this is a huge problem, potentially for the U.S. military if these things get out there, especially if adversarial nations that are looking at, let's say, the advancements that GE and DARPA have created together and now adopting that for their airplane, their battleship, their whatever it is. And so obviously that's a huge thing. And so with that, those were your breaches of the week. Wow. It has been an absolutely insane week for this, but here we are. Were you affected? I'd love to know. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at NickAESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.